Welcome to C-Suite Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for another edition of the Brett Allen Show. It's go time, you and me. Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, you feel good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said, throw down, boy. Welcome to the night's main event. Brett Allen. It's another episode of the Brett Allen Show. Thanks for watching and listening and being a part of what we're doing here. We are chatting with actor James Marsters. I'm excited about this. This is a very busy time of year for you. For what I can see, you're traveling to all the Comic-Cons and making the appearances. So thank you for your time today. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Good to be with you. Uh, Good to be with a music lover. Yes, huge music lover. Well, I've watched several of your interviews and, of course, one recently with um, Michael Rosenbaum's Inside of You. And I just love those conversations that he has with people. And I find your life and career very fascinating. But before we get going here, this is a busy time. I saw somewhere that you're getting ready to head over to England or somewhere to do another Comic-Con. To Wales. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. That's Uh, exciting. I get free food. (laughs) <laughs> on the plane. So that's free food tastes twice as good as any food I have to buy. Yeah, yeah, I agree with well or yeah, or just anything in general. I say that anything free is great. Yeah. Um well yeah, like on a set, on a set that it, it often is the, the game of the day is to complain about lunch. I'm sure other places are the same way. And I always push back saying, Isn't this great food? It's free. It tastes great. Uh people build skyscrapers, they bring their own sandwich, but they they're feeding us for free. It's my way of saying stop whining, please. It's interesting. <laughs> I know it's funny. Um, having done just a little bit of background and stand-down work here back in the day, craft services, it's, it's I know it's interesting. I mean, I'm sure main cast food is much different, but I've had the privilege of getting in on some of that nicer food and it's free. It is true. It's free. It's like, you know, where else would you get, you know, a prime rib at two in the morning not anywhere else and not have right? to pay for it yeah it's it's insane you know i i uh I'll, I'll never i'll never really get used to that actually um and then there's the crafty table yeah which it takes a person a while to realize it's not for the actors that's for the crew yes uh if you avail yourself of the crafty table you're going to need a new costume by the end of the season 
So you you just don't go over there or go over there for coffee and get the hell out. Yeah. yeah no, I, it's funny that you say that. I remember one thing in particular. Um, there was a show that was on In Plain Sight that was on USA Network. And I had opportunity to work on that as a stand-in for a few episodes. And yeah, the, there's like different tables for different people. And there's like the extras, you know, they get the white rice and the, and the chicken, <laughs> the big container of cheese balls, pretzels. You know, then the crew, I could see your pain. Then the crew, they have their thing. And then everybody else, you know, gets to kind of do things. I think, Brett, yeah, that's, I, 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 it was always my, I always thought that the, uh, that the, uh, the extras got food, but at a different time. I didn't know it was different food. That sucks. Cause, yeah, it's usually much different. Yeah. (laughs) Most of the time. Cast and crew all eat together. There's no, there's no like tiered system between like how famous someone is or anything like that. It's just like everybody gets a bunch of free food. Um, But it sucks about extras, man. I'm sorry about that. That's all right. I mean, just the fact that people get to be there and be a part of something cool, I think is enough, you know, but I've had, I remember one time it was like two in the morning and they were bringing out, you know, London broil, like at two in the morning, just passing trays around of it for people to eat and, you know, just oh, you had the tray passers. That's like a that's like only they don't do like that anymore. From what I, I've only been on one set that did that. That was amazing. Well, it was yeah. network television, so I don't know if they just yeah. had the extra dough. But I think so. Yeah. But even now, from talking to individuals, now you just have to pre-order everything. I would imagine, or, or are they allowing yeah. people to start to yeah. come back and gather? Because that's part of the fun of what you do is you get to hang out with people and eat together, but I don't know if they're doing that anymore still, or if they're going back yeah. to it. You know, in, in general, I think Hollywood has been very smart. They've had to be about COVID because if one of the leads gets COVID, they have to shut down uh, for weeks. And that's a lot of money. So they're very well incentivized to keep COVID out of the set. And so there's, there's all sorts of testing going on. I think I'm tested every other day when I'm working. Um, wow. And I was working on, what the project was i was up north and they they were the the crew and the cast were uh like i was a recurring character so i was popping in and out of the set you know and they were like we were doing six episodes back to back as a pilot and um uh they were when the thing was over the crew was afraid to go back to la because they felt so safe in their little hollywood (laughs) bubble up in napa valley uh and they were reading about what was going on in los angeles they're like I don't know if I want to go back. Yeah. Well, having lived in the Bay Area for 12 years, I just moved to Colorado and being in that area quite regularly, uh, Napa, Sonoma, all of that sort of stuff. I I get the vibe, you know, people because they were keeping things locked down quite well there for sure. Yeah. And I even, grew up near San Francisco. Actually. Okay, so you're from yeah. the, from East Bay, South Bay. Where no, I, I no, I, I lived in Modesto. Okay, uh, which is where they grow the bad wine. Yes, they grow the grapes for Gallo and Carlo Rossi. <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> but a great place to grow up, man. I mean, like a lot of orchards, uh, a lot of places to run around, canals to swim in. Um, but we were about 90 miles southeast of San Francisco. And, and once we all got cars, we, we, we decided that we would you know, be in San Francisco as much as possible. That was, that was back in the seventies when San Francisco was, it was still kind of funky. Yeah. You know, it was kind of doable. It wasn't, 
it wasn't uh, this gleaming fortress that it is now. Uh, I go back now and it's a very different place, but I, I still love it. It's beautiful. I'll always love San Francisco. It was my dream to work in theater in San Francisco. Really? And then, yeah, it was a completely unrealistic dream because I wanted to live in Sausalito. And I didn't realize, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, no, on a theater actor's salary, you, you're not going to, you could be homeless in Sausalito, but you right. could probably not afford anything else. But I just wanted to live in Sausalito and take the ferry to work. And I thought that would be heaven on earth. Uh, but my life you know, turned, turned out differently. That's a great dream to have. I mean, Sausalito is another great place. It's funny you mentioned the Gallo grapes. Um, yeah, for locally sourced grapes from the valley, aka, you know, uh, Modesto and out there in the middle of nowhere. Um, wow. So that's interesting. So that's what you wanted to do originally. So where yeah. did the shift come for you going into television and to film? Like at what point after you kind of, I don't want to say gave that dream up, but sort of decided oh, this is not maybe necessarily going to work. Like wh where was the pivot for you uh, to move to the next step? I uh, I read an article that said that um, a man's brain rewires when they see their firstborn child. Uh, I agree that with neurologically, that. Neurologically, right? Um, Long-term planning becomes easier. Uh, impulse control becomes easier. Basically, guys, we grow up. Yeah, I think the it happened happened to me at forty six or forty two when I had my kid. Yeah. I totally understand. Yeah, and I think the same thing happens for women, but that this article was not about that. So I experienced this watching my newborn son get wiped off at the birthing table, uh, and this voice came into my head, um, and I I, I called the voice of God, and it said, "Go to Los Angeles." prostitute yourself for money you have been having a wonderful time being a theater actor uh but this little human did not make the decision to be poor you knew what you were getting into he, he wants more <laughs> so i uh i called up a friend of mine that uh i knew from modesto actually and he had become a successful casting director and i asked him if he would help me uh, get an agent wow. if he had said no i might still be producing theater in seattle uh, because I knew how hard it was to get an agent. That's the big hurdle, uh, the biggest one, because there's an ocean of actors down here and there are only so many agencies. And so it doesn't really matter how good you are. You get lost in the shuffle very easily. Uh, so I called my friend and very, uh, I was very lucky. He said, oh, for you? Yeah. Uh, and we'd work together and I'd talk to, I, we kept in touch when we were both in New York. I was going to college there and he was working there. Um, and uh, uh, we kept in touch and he knew that I was producing in Chicago and Seattle. And he was like, yeah, for you, I'll, I'll give you, you know, give you a nod. And he got me an agent. Uh, and uh, uh, so, yeah, I, I drove U-Haul uh, with my, uh, with my then wife, my son and our cat uh, from Seattle down to Los Angeles Um and uh, our plan was to try to just make a good nest egg and get out before we lost our soul. <laughs> so and you're still you're still in LA right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that I I I have I found that if I bifurcate my life between my public life and my private life, uh, I read an article that Tom Tom Hanks does this. Yes, and that's why he's so normal. You know, he's just a dude, and I, that's how he said he did he did it, and so that's what I do, uh, and. I don't know if I'm, I've reached a Hanksian level of normalcy, but I'm doing my best. Um, yeah. I imagine yeah. that's probably healthy for you too, in a lot of ways, mentally, just to kind of keep things separate. Cause 
I mean, you don't read about you in the news or Tom Hanks in the news unless like some paparazzi tries to like knock his wife down. <laughs> then you hear about that. But yeah. rightfully so, because, you know, it's like, come on, where's the boundaries? But yeah. I would think that that would be good, you know, to kind of just keep those two separate. Is it challenging to do that or have you just mastered it at this point to, you know, sort of be able to keep the two separate? Well, I I, I think I've done pretty well about it. Um, sometimes the, the truth is if I'm on a, a film set or if I am uh, doing a convention, there are a lot of people that really want me to be happy all the time. Of course. You know, and you start, and they, they do things for you so that you can be comfortable and happy. And if you get used to that, uh, you start to feel entitled. It's almost inevitable. Um, and so I, I have friends who are plumbers and electricians, and they don't care what I do in my day job. They don't care what I do for a living. And if they, if they mention it, it's, it's to make fun of me. You know, like, oh, I That's saw cool. you on television last night. You're, what kind of lipstick was that? I want it for my wife. Come on. What's this Hollywood secret? Um, and, that's very uh, cool. I, I have yeah. to say, I think that's very normal. Like, mm -hmm. that's really cool. I mean, to have people in your life, and it's not even like jokingly they keep me grounded, although that might be a piece of it, but really like they have zero interest in, you know, what you've done in your filmography. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And they, yeah. And I give them, I give them guff too. You know, if I can make fun of them, I'll do it. I'll take a shot. But um, yeah, but sometimes I come back from filming or from playing music or from, from uh, being on the road doing conventions and I'm feel I'm kind of feeling myself like, Oh, I'm, oh, of I'm course. Yeah. Cool, you know, and I'm like, how you doing James? I'm good. Oh, really? Oh, you've been on the road. Haven't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you've been signing autographs all day. Uh, yeah. doing Buffy poses Your or brainiac poses is really high. Dude. Yeah, come back down to us. Yeah. <laughs> well, that brings up an interesting question that I would have because I've attended a lot of these events just as press and conducted lots of interviews with people, and I could see that piece. You know, when I was just at the Denver Fan Expo here a few weeks ago, I could. We got in early, my son and I. And we were kind of walking around and we had it down to celebrity row, as I call it, where all the people are to sign. And I yeah. could notice that for some of these people, they were going to like massive lengths to, to make them extremely comfortable um, on different levels. Um, so when you go to these events, cause you do quite a lot of them. Um, it would, I would assume just from what you're saying that when they meet you, the team meets you, do you, when they start doting over you, does it become a challenge and polarizing to sort of accept it? Or you're just kind of like, Hey, I'm cool. Give me a table. Give me, where am I at? Give me my Sharpies and yeah, I'm good to go. Just, yeah. It's easy. They, you know, they're like, you know, can I get you a cup of coffee? And I'm like, no, I can get my own coffee. That's cool. That's oh, cool. oh, it was a little far. You want us to get a golf cart? Like, no, I got legs. Man, a golf it's cart. Good. You know, it's like, it's not a big deal. So yeah, it's, it, it, it doesn't have to be a big deal to kind of skirt around that. And then if you, if you just treat people uh, as equals and you start to make a connection with a person, the people around you as people, you know, then, then, then all of that can kind of go away and you just kind of meet a nice person and then you're at work together. I love that. And, you know, too, probably on the other side, they're probably over prepping these people. And two, they've probably, a lot of them have not ever been around 
a quote unquote public figure, which I even know that's polarizing, you know, so I could see the nervousness, but I, I love that you are just kind of like, Hey, you know, I'm good. You know, I'll just kind of cruise around and do my thing. And even when you bring that vibration or energy to a film set or a TV set, that probably puts people at ease and dis disarms them a little bit too. Yeah. Um, and generally speaking, like I've I've only been I've only on been on one set that I worked with like A-list actors like Kathy Bates, Hillary Swank, Gerard Butler. Um and they were the most humble, hardworking, normal, grateful people I've ever worked with. Mm. And uh I was I was shooting with Kathy Bates and uh we were coming into a room and she had like a hundred and three degree temperature that day. And she was somewhere in her 60s. And they spent 11 hours shooting over the backs of our heads onto Hillary Swank. And on the 11th hour, the last hour of filming, they turned around for our coverage, for our close-ups. And I, I thought that this Academy Award-winning actress was going to have just one word with this first-time director about time management. But all <laughs> she did, all she did, because she's got a 103 temperature. I mean, come on. Like, that's not easy. So she just turns to me. She's got her hand on the doorknob. She turns back and she goes, men from the boys, James, here we go. And that's it. <laughs> and I, I fell wow. in love. I just fell in love. I thought that, that is it right there. And I asked her about it and she said, James, when you're on the A-list, you're working with A-list directors and writers and producers and they can work with anyone. Uh, and so having a bad attitude is just not generally accepted on the A-list. That's how you get on the A list, right? Uh, is you you are professional. <laughs> That's know? funny. And yeah, it's like wealthy. Okay, yeah, I get yeah. that. So, like, 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 generally speaking, entitled behavior usually happens on the B and C list. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a marker of that. like on the, sh um, the. Oh, that's funny that you say that. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think whenever I get ready for these interviews, you know, you, going back to what you said is people always have this expectation of wanting you to be happy, you know, to be in a good mood. But I think when we, you know, try and land the plane for people and sort of do everything that we can, I don't know. I, it's like my kid, you know, like I try and make him happy sometimes yeah. it's virtually impossible sometimes. And sometimes it's just like, just letting him be, I think is far greater than trying to like bribe his attention, so to speak or whatever. Yeah. So I think that's very I fascinating. I feel like I've learned a lot just in the last 10 minutes because well, it, it's hard it, to be you. I would think as far as like going back to people, not for you to be you, but like when you get around other people who don't know you, maybe you're coming to these filming situations and they well, want to make when, you happy. When I enable someone, I'm enabling them. If I'm trying to make it like solve every problem before right. it happens, sweep the, sweep the road before they walk it, you know, I am enabling them. And they right. are going to end up entitled, whether that's my kids or my friends or anyone else. I remember when my son was uh, very young, the thought went through my mind that what I wanted for him was for his life was to be bent, but not broken. That, that he, that, that the life would challenge him to the point almost of breaking, but not that far. Mm. Cause that's what happened to me. And I'm grateful for it. Uh, but I also knew that I wasn't, going to be the one to be able to do that for him that i'm always going to want him to be safe and comfortable and provided for uh but I, it was just kind of like i'm as a parent actually at odds in some ways with what's best for that little dude 
It's a weird thought. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally relate to that. You know, that that makes perfect sense growing up and them watching you be on all of these shows, um, films, did they ever kind of express interest in what you were doing or have the desire to do the same thing? Or were you just dad and you were on TV and movies and that was kind of it? Yeah. Um, Neither one have any interest in um, being an actor. I think if you see someone live the life of an actor and you have a head on your shoulders, you generally just say, no way. <laughs> I'm not That's interested. insane. Like, yeah, no. it's a wild like, I've world. I've been an actor, so I've been hungry for 25 years. Like, who wants that? Come on. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, they don't they don't want anything to do with it at all. And I think they're pretty smart. Yeah. Yeah. They have other interests. I see those guitars oh, yeah. in your background. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a musician. I knew that. Mm-hmm. And you play. Did they have any interest in that piece of it? Or is it just kind of like that's cool for them, but the front facing stuff, uh <laughs> being hungry yeah. for twenty five years is just of no <laughs> interest. My um my son actually is an incredible musician when he was 14 he he uh brought a a guitar trio to do the uh, be an opening act for the band that i'm in called ghost of the robot we were doing we were uh doing santa monica and they came in and just ruled they were amazing it was all original songs three guitars all instrumental no vocals and they just brought the house down they were amazing and after the show, my band circled me, not my band, but the band, you know, ghost uh, circled me and said, hey, we found our new guitarist. We've been uh, we've been looking for one because uh, we lost somebody with drugs and um, uh, who died. And uh, and I said, oh, good. thank God we've been looking forever. Who is it? He goes, your son. <laughs> so nice. They said as a as a as a father you can veto this because it's a weird life but as a band member you're already outvoted because <laughs> so shut up unless it's a dad thing so he <clears throat> he came into the band and the first album that he worked on he just did some background vocals and some guitar licks here and there by the second album he did with us he i think he had one or two tracks by the third album he was kind of producing the album <laughs> With, he, was, he was him and another band member were really calling the shots and he's kind of taken over the band. <laughs> it's just that has insane. to be cool yeah. as a parent, though, to have your kid sort of just take <sighs> the reins like that and let you just oh. kind of be. Um, yeah, he was he spent uh, he spent his senior year in college uh, in his undergraduate uh, in, in Asia, actually. And he, so he went through Mongolia, China, Japan, all of these things. It was through his college. They had this great program. Uh, and so I didn't see him for nine months. And then he came back. And within a week, we were playing music publicly together. And I just remember out in front of everybody just looking over like, this is insanely cool. Like, I'm, I missed you so much. And now we're playing music. It, it, it really is uh, one of the great, the great joys of my life. That's very cool. I mean, just... I have to say, you know, it's, it's refreshing because you have, you just, you have, from my perspective, I think you just kind of have things worked out really well. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's been challenges, but really as far as your, your life as an actor, musician, being a parent, 
and really just learning how to keep those worlds separate, I think is cool. You know, you could probably Thank teach you. a master. Yeah. I mean, a master class um, on how to do that. Cause I, cause watching your world is so crazy. Um, it is wild being a working actor, although you've had massive highlights, you know, um, in, in what you've done, but you're also still have this desire and drive to like be a better human being, be a better actor and really just yeah, you know, make people I, be, be happy in life and, and really enjoy what I consider to be success, you know, cause you have had huge successes, you know, I was, I was, you know, that it's, it's interesting you bring that up about what is success, man? Um, because I, I, I was, uh, I was recently, I, I div divorced uh, my son's mother. We had split up. And so I was visiting him. I had to drive like five hours up north to visit him. Um, and I was doing that every other weekend. Wow. But I was also filming Buffy at the time. We worked 80-hour weeks. We'd work up to 20 hours a day. And I also, I, I said, you know, I want to talk to my son every day on the phone. Yeah. Um, and he was pre-verbal at this time. And it was really tempting to say, oh, I'm too busy on the set. I don't have time to call today. I'm too tired. It's not safe for me to drive that far. Um, because I would like get out of, you start work at 4.30 in the morning on Monday morning and you get out when the sun comes up on Saturday morning. Yeah. And every other weekend I would get in a car, drive five hours. And that's not necessarily completely safe because you really are tired. But it's and dedication you, though yeah, is, what, is what it is. Pick up a four-year-old, hang out all weekend drop them off, drive back to LA, get in at midnight, go to sleep for four hours, get up at 4.30 in the morning and or 3.30 in the morning and, and go back and do it again. So it was really tempting to kind of uh, uh, not be there for my son. And I, I was so lucky. I read this short book by the Dalai Lama. I forget the name of the book. It's all about science and Buddhism. But anyway, I don't remember anything from the book. Zero, except this one thing. And he said that all of our lives were preparing for the moment of death. And so oh. we should live our lives in a way that, that when we die, we're not like, oh, damn it, I should have done that. Or, oh, damn it, I shouldn't have done that. We shouldn't have a regret. And I just put the book down and I thought, you know, okay, my death. If I'm thinking about a television show and that's all I got when I die, it's only going to be so good. It doesn't matter yeah. how good the television show is. But if I'm thinking that I'm good with my son and he knows I love him and he's doing well and I know that he loves me, that's the kind of death I so that that helped me prioritize about what actually is success and 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 the acting just revealed itself to be that's that's the job yeah that f fuels me as a father and that's really all it is it's no different than being an electrician or being a plumber and i'm just lucky that i like that job i enjoy myself doing that job but the, it, its importance really isn't just that I pay the bills at the end of the day. Uh, wow. And I got, I got to say, I'm equally as proud of my daughter, but she I, has a hard and fast rule that I don't talk about her publicly. She, She's just like, keep hey, me the great. hell out of all of No, no, that's, yeah, I yeah. respect that 100%. Yeah. No, no, that's um, smart <laughs> for her. So when yeah. you say North, were you filming Buffy? Where were you filming Buffy in Southern California or Canada or... We were actually filming in Santa Monica. Okay, um, Santa Monica. They repurposed an old warehouse of some kind. Uh, had two sound stages. It they weren't really sound stages. They like the sound would bleed mercilessly, uh, <laughs> and we were in the flight path of of two or three airports. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I guess maybe two. 
LAX in Santa Monica. Um, and so one out of four takes were ruined for sound because wow. of airplay. So just, just that. Um, but they, yeah, it was really cool. They, they, uh, every year they would, they would continue to build a little bit of external sets. They built Sunnydale year by year. They would take some of their budget and make, uh, make a back lot basically. Wow. Uh, and by the end of it, they had, you know, they had a full street and two side streets that we could film outside and get all these exterior shots and never really leave, um, you know, our little camp. It was amazing. Wow. And then you would go drive to be with your son. I think that's remarkable. I just moved to Colorado. We were in Northern for years. My job allows me to just do this anywhere. So, and yeah. work and, and, you know, it's interesting. People said similar things like, well, you know, for you to move all the way across the country to be with your son, you know, is crazy. And I not crazy, but just impressive. And it's like, well, I, going back to what you said earlier, I, I can't imagine not like doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like I sell wine for a living. I can go anywhere and do that. And um, I just, to you. me, thank you. That's how I define success is really just being a good father. And then all this things talking to you and others and all of it is just a really is successful byproduct of, I think just being committed to the basic things, you know, and, um, yeah, like, you know, I, I, uh, I've been to a lot of hospital wings. Uh, my parents have passed away. I've had friends that have been, you know, had cancer and you go into these wings and it seems like in every wing, there's one or two rooms where someone is going and you're just wailing all day long and irritating everyone. And I, I don't know this for sure, but I have to wonder if these are the people who didn't, move to Arizona to be with their son. Yeah. You know, uh, so good on you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's a no brainer for me. Just a couple more questions here. I know people probably put you in the Buffy camp and what they know you for and all of that sort of thing. But interestingly, going back to this thought of, you know, um, everybody wanting you to be happy and to put you into a box. Do you, have you learned believe in Smallville. I mean, but I think Buffy is probably the most memorable. Yeah. Do you ever, do you, have you had to learn to mitigate that too? And just, you know, realize that this is just kind of something that's going to stick with you <laughs> for the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, professionally, I was very lucky because I could just shave the hair off and go natural Brown, mm -hmm. drop the accent. And I was basically another fresh face. You know, I, it, I, so I wasn't asked to play vampires constantly or, oh, or good. blonde rock stars. I mean, I, I, I could have kept the blonde hair. I probably could have gotten some work off that, but I think I would have just played drug addicts and rock stars, you know, like <laughs> versions of, you know, spikish stuff. Um, uh, and then, you know, as far as just having been being known for Buffy, I love Buffy. Yeah. I actually think that it mattered. I think that it said something very useful, which is don't give up. Right. You know, the, the theme is, you know, life hurts. It's hard. It's a challenge, but it's worth it. You know, so keep going. Um, and I just think that's an, an amazing thing to try to give the world. And um, and it was very, very well written and very, very well produced and directed. Uh, I think the acting was good enough not to ruin it. And um, wow, which is, you know, important 
like no no author can withstand bad acting not even shakespeare can withstand bad acting <laughs> bad shakespeare is the most painful thing in the world so you know acting that doesn't ruin the writing is important um but but i i don't mind people bringing up buffy i don't mind people talking about buffy i, I just feel forever grateful and lucky that i got to be a part of it frankly yeah well you've had a really great career and i know you have lots more traveling to do whether for work or for these appearances so um i appreciate you taking time this has been a very enlightening conversation and just deep i think you know i just i'm fascinated with just i've learned a lot um and that's always good and i think our listeners will too just learning how to take this life that we have and maximize it to the full capacity and learn to sort of you know, separate the things that you can control versus the things that you can't control and just be happy, be happy without being forced. Of course. course. I know you got to go, but okay. This is what I'm starting to discover, you know, because I'm getting old. So you got to be, you got to hopefully learn something. Um, But there is what's going on inside my head, which is a bunch of dreams and expectations and old angers and fear so much fear. And then there's what's going on outside of my cranium, which is what we call reality. Yes. And and realizing that those two things are very separate uh, and that the the, the world doesn't know or care about my expectations. Uh, For instance, it does no good to to get upset when there's traffic in Los Angeles. Uh, The traffic is going to, that's reality. And it, it doesn't care if I am late for work or if yeah. I've not, if I've not left early enough to get to work, that's, that's reality. And I, and, and, and I used to really feel that it was unjust that I would, that I would be made late for work when there was traffic. I felt like, Oh God hates me because there's traffic today. No, <laughs> it's just that, 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 that the universe didn't wake up you know, wake me up in the morning like a waiter. Uh, hello, James. Um, would you like traffic today or no traffic today? Uh, thank you. No traffic. We'll bring that right away. You know, um, and so uh, I'm just realizing that there's, there's so much unreality in my head and, and trying, trying not to live there, not, trying not to have a lot of expectations, trying to get out of um, trying to control the world, I guess. Yeah. I love it. I appreciate your honesty and just your transparency about your life and just your experiences and your uh, and your experiences with craft surfaces. <laughs> um, it's I used crazy. to eat a donut when I was playing Spike. It was all about being thin. So I would grab a donut off of, uh, off of uh, craft service. I would take one bite, chew it, spit it out. And throw the good donut in the trash and just keep walking. <laughs> that was my snack. <laughs> like this guy is really method. What's wild. crazy? I love crazy. it. Yeah. Well, we have to do this again sometime. I know you have a lot happening, but uh, yeah. James, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Right on, Brett. You're a good dude. It was really fun talking with you. Thanks for listening and being a part of today's conversation. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's absolutely free. A mega proportion. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And remember, we care. <laughs>